All right, welcome back into the show. <laughs> With Josh Helmer, I'm Chris Plank. This is the home of Sooner fans. It's the ref. You got any big plans tonight, Josh? Anything exciting going on on a Thursday night? No, uh, which is exciting that nice. I I don't have uh, anything going on really beyond probably kicking back, watching some hoops, I'm sure, in some capacity. So it'll be good. There'll be a lot of riding like usual, but uh, ah. it'll be nice. You uh oh hey hey, speaking of writing, what's been the response? This is we're doing the scraps early for the top five stories today, and Mister Sports is hanging in there. So we'll we'll get Mister Sports in before the top five stories today. What has been kind of the overall response to learning that maybe just maybe these accusations and these verifications were illegally obtained, Josh, when it comes to the gambling issues at Iowa and Iowa State. What's been the reaction? Much? Quiet? Loud? Oh, I I think uh, the the most pronounced has been, thanks for stealing a year of eligibility away from Noah Shannon. Uh, You know, here's somebody that made the decision to come back, probably could have gone pro uh, this time a year ago, would not have been a high draft pick, but chose to come back. And uh, and lost lost the season, right? And so I think uh, just frustration that it played out the way that it did. And then uh, there's been the we knew something fishy was going on here, and I think that's for both Iowa and Iowa State fans. Yeah, I, we need to. I, I need to get you on the Saturday show with me to talk about that. I well, just anytime. Okay, hey, how come this is this is a major deal? People. People aren't as interested in those types of stories, right? It's uh, right. You know, I mean, it's it's sort of boring to some, I guess. No, you know what's boring to some? Whenever I di- dive into TV network conversations, Josh, that's <laughs> how how could that be boring? I, that's it makes what's no boring sense. to some. You know what isn't boring, Mister Sports? Good morning, Mister Sports. How are you? I'm well, sir. I'm well. Minus the tasty, actually. Nice. Nice. Way to battle through the ice in the cold, buddy. Way to battle through. Yeah, buddy. We made it next week. It's going to be freaking summertime, I think. Uh, Hey, I want a soapbox. Hey, I'm going to give you the Chris Berman fastest three minutes in sports, Chris. I'm ready. So I'm going to soapbox it. I'm going to soapbox it first. Center fans, get off Moser's back. You know, these people, just 40 years, I've been contributing to this university. And I've seen it go on for 40 years, but my gosh, we've got one of the best coaches, and he's trying to do something. Get off his back. So that's my soapbox. Now, secondly, if anybody don't think Harbaugh is not a good football coach, they're not watching football, okay? I don't care if he was in the illegal spying game or whatever. (laughs) Woody Hayes punched a player, okay? Maybe if you get fired. So, let me just say this. Both of those brothers have been to the pinnacle of football. The Super Bowl. Harbaugh is he's going to do big things down there for the Chargers. Unfortunately. Fellas, you guys take it easy. I'm sorry, Josh. You're going to have to play, but it's just the way it is, brother. You guys have a good Thursday. <laughs> you too, my friend. Mr. Sports telling you to get off Moser's back. How about he taking, a, taking a page out of Bob Stoops' playbook? I've got a take, but I want to save it. Remind me. 
because this is when this is where I get destroyed for being an apologist or a homer <laughs> or you're only nice because he comes on your show. But man, I never sent you all those. Uh, I never sent you all those texts or tweets that I'd screenshotted, did I? I mean, the loss to Texas last two nights ago for the men, it turned some of the kindest, most gentle-hearted people that I've met in my life into, like, raving lunatics. <laughs> what are you even doing right now? Everybody, settle down, man. Settle down. Got a long way to go. We got Tech coming in here on Saturday. Let's go. All right. It is time for the top five stories of the day brought to you by Newcastle Casino. It's time for the top five stories of the day. Brought to you by Newcastle Casino. Newcastle Casino, where real gamers play. Let's go, man. All right, uh, I-44 exit 107 online at newcastlecasino.com. All right, let's hit big story number five. Number five. So this, this dropped officially from the University of Oklahoma sometime either a what right after we got off the air or uh maybe very late in the program i was trying to look over whenever how could sent the email yesterday um i'm very big on specifics here in case you can't tell yeah uh three o'clock yesterday oklahoma officially got behind the crimson and cream membership challenge it's the official collective that's raising money to help facilitate NIL opportunities at OU. And alongside its partner, Asin Fundraising Solutions, they have announced a $2 million membership challenge. The goal of this campaign is to create and drive new memberships into the Crimson and Cream Collective with the aim of adding 2,000 new subscriptions. For every 250 members who join, a $250,000 contribution will be unlocked that will directly impact the OU student-athlete experience up to a total of $2 million. Um, Tomorrow at this exact time on the program, we're going to be chatting with Jason Belzer. Um to kind of better understand exactly what this is all about and where it's going and how we can how we can help. Now, you can go to crimsonandcream.co to help them unlock. They've reached 15% of their goal in just under 24 hours. And if you want to learn more about all the different ways that the athletes are involved and in different ways that you can help – it's all available right there on that website, crimsonandcream.co. But people had been outspoken. They were, dare I even say, worried about where the NIL push is for OU. Here we go. Here we go, Josh. This is – now, I, I've often said it's a double-edged sword because there is a certain faction that says what? You're, you're now asking me for more money? And you want it to go here? Why, why, why are we not using the X, Y, and Z dollars that we got from the TV deal here or this or that? You know, I understand it. I get it. These are all questions we'll ask Jason Belzer tomorrow. 
But in the same vein, Josh, you've also seen what the collective collected money, I want to say that real slow, has done to help improve rosters across our future conference opponents in the SEC. So a lot of people were complaining about it. Here we go. They go out and do it, and I'm intrigued to see how this plays out. And to be honest, Josh, I'm really intrigued to learn about it tomorrow from Jason. More in depth. Yeah, it'll be good to uh, just find out what we can find out, right? I think it's such uh, uncharted waters for a lot of us to to understand what exactly is going on, what the marketplace looks like, how Oklahoma fans can help, what uh, just what is the NIL picture. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. All right, anything else you want to add to that? You feel good about laying out the push? Crimsonandcream.co is the website you can go to. There's all kinds of information on Soonersports.com. Anything else? Until uh, things change and the university can say, okay, here's uh, our athletic funds and we can chip in too. Right now this is the world we live in, Oklahoma fans. (laughs) That's the world we live in. All right, to number four. Number four. Uh, yesterday, we had some press conferences. Not, I'm not going to get into to my hires. I'm not going to get into the Raiders or the Eagles stuff. But in advance of the AFC and NFC championship games, um, Lamar Jackson talked about the path that the Ravens are on. And what's the old saying? To be the man, you got to beat the man? Sure. We can't overshadow what's in front of us right now. Not at all. You know, those guys are um, former Super Bowl champions. To be a champion, you got to go through a champion, you know, so that's pretty much the mindset. To be the man, you got to be the man. To be a champ, you got to beat the champ. That's the path in front of Baltimore. And Roquan Smith talked about the approach to trying to slow down Patrick Mahomes. He puts his pants on just like any any other quarterback. Yes, he's an elite quarterback, but at the end of the day, we're an elite defense, and that's that's our job to stop the opposing offense, and that's what we're, that's our job, play in and play out, and that's what we got to do. Isn't it still kind of wild how good Roquan Smith has become in Baltimore, and how quickly Chicago gave up on him? Yeah, eh, probably not. Probably not a great decision over in the uh, Chicago front offices. Not good. Meanwhile, here's Patrick Mahomes talking about his admiration for Lamar Jackson. The way he's able to just be a competitor and score the, score the football, obviously, and then their entire team. Uh, we've been able to play in a couple games, not in a few years now, but I've admired watching him from afar and know that uh, it's going to be a great challenge for us every time we go up against him. You pumped? Early game. Well, early game. What, 2 o'clock t- uh, kick time? Uh, the first game on Sunday. Thank goodness, yes. For better or for worse, I can make Super Bowl plans or just uh, not have to not have to be stressed out anymore this year. Meanwhile, the fun of seeing someone in a championship game that we haven't seen there since 1991, Detroit Lions and the San Francisco 49ers in the nightcap, Jared Goff. You guys had a lot of, a lot of really good players, obviously. But maybe that's oh, thank you. I said thank you. You're welcome. Maybe that viewed though as the superstars, like maybe the 49ers have. All right, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, guys like St. Brown and getting you. Yep, St. Brown was first team all pro, so. Right, right. Um, so was Panay. Sorry, continue. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Absolutely, but do you feel like. There, this is a chance. For yeah, I know. I know what you're. I know what you're getting at. Yes, uh, I do. I, I think we've got a lot, of, ton of great players who 
maybe haven't had the the national stage that up to this point um, that a lot of a lot of other guys have, and obviously they have a ton of good players as well, and, and a ton of Pro Bowlers and All Pro players over there, and it's it, yeah, we we feel like you know we've got a lot of good players too, though, like you mentioned, and excited to play on another national stage and, and be able to showcase that. By the way, that sounded a lot better whenever I was listening to it before the show than it just did there. I might need to get my hearing checked. Basically, the reporter was saying was trying to make the point. The Niners are this star-studded team. Sure. Right, and they're going. He's like, and you're not. <laughs> right, and the guy's like, well, thanks. Like, well, I mean, outside of you, that's not pretty wild. Um, you got I, I, we'll, we'll save, we'll save NFL talk in depth until tomorrow. But if I could have a uh, trademark infringing gut check right now, how you feeling? The gut feels pretty good. Gut is feeling pretty, pretty good. It'll be a hard game to go win uh, at Baltimore, but. I thought it was going to be tough to get through Buffalo, and they, they found a way to do that. So I, I feel okay about it. I've got two stories for big story number three. You know, usually we would wait for the scraps, but since we're talking basketball, big story number three. Number three. Pure and utter domination last night for the Oklahoma City Thunder. Rubs off a screen by Holmgren to the right wing, sets up Chet straight away. Slashing left on Johnson, blows him away, and dunks. Big time two-hand rim rocker by Holmgren. Don't awaken the beast. <laughs> Matt Pinto's Matt Pinto's in his bag, baby. Move in front of Minnesota again for the top seed in the Western Conference standings with a 31-13 and record 44 games into the season. A resounding route tonight of the Spurs, 140-114 at the Frostbank Center in San Antonio. Good win. Thunder are in New Orleans to square off against the Pelicans tomorrow night at 7. Pelicans, its beak can hold more then it's belly can it's a pretty impressive run right now so that's story number one and big story number three here's the other one i was not i'm just gonna be honest with you i was not as dialed into the college game last night as i was on tuesday night but it did provide some moments including josh helmer what i I mean, I don't know. I, I, I get it. It was in Ames, and Ames is ranked, and Kansas State isn't. But I, I don't know why. When Iowa State beats Kansas State, I still looked at it as an upset win. But Iowa State dominated Kansas State 78-67. But all anyone is talking about is Jerome Tang, <clears throat> Jerome Tang and TJ Otzelberger and their little back and forth during the handshake. Here are both sides of the story. Who would you like to hear from first? Would you rather hear Coach Tang or would you rather hear Coach Otzelberger first, Josh? I would like to hear from uh, the catalyst here. I want to hear from Coach Tang. Well, um, here's here's what he said, and i got to be honest with you. I like Jerome Tang, but the fact that he acted surprised that someone asked him about this really did crack me up. Start from, let me start from the back. What happened there in the handshake line with you and Coach Otzelberger? And then we just talked about n- – n- nothing happened. We talked about a situation that took place during the game, and he said he would check into it, and I told him thank you and went on. I love TJ. Great job. Great. Uh, what an unbelievable environment out there. You know, uh, he does a great job. His team is tough. They, they play together. They're fun to watch. No fun to play against. <laughs> You know, um, have have all the respect in the world for him, what he does with his program, and I appreciate him hearing me out, and and he said he would check into it. By the way, he was asked to further elaborate. You want to guess what he said? 
So now that, that that's between Coach and I. Meanwhile, T.J. Otzelberger. Yeah, I mean, um, again, a, certainly a hard-fought game on both ends. Um, got a lot of respect for their program, and I think, you know, there's a there's a point in time where things are said between coaches that need to stay that way, so um, that's where we're going to keep it. But, um, again, hard-fought game on both sides. You know, a lot of respect for what they did, and um, just fortunate to come out with the win. What do you make of that, Josh? What do you make? In a time whenever handshake lines have been a little bit tenser, if that's even a word, Especially in this league. Yeah. In, this <laughs> I mean, league in, in the Big 12, it's been, uh, yeah, hand, handshake uh, handshake line has been uh, the, the heart of the headlines. Uh, sounds like the, the thought from Kansas State and Iowa State fans is maybe there was some form or fashion of a racial slur that Ooh. came from the audience. Now, that's just an allegation. There's no proof behind that. But uh, that, that's the speculation that I've seen on social media. Obviously, neither one of the two coaches wanted to address or talk about that, which uh, seems like those two have a ton of respect for one another. Exactly. Well, they uh, sure as heck let you know about it, didn't they? Really respect him. Really respect him. I really respect him. Man, they've got a great team, but we hate playing them. (laughs) All right, big story number two. Number two. How about that win for the OU women last night? They go on the road. They beat Texas 91-87. to And, you know, it's interesting. Uh, Nevaeh Todd got dinged up on their trip to Provo, and OU found a way to get a win. Uh, Didn't necessarily play all that great in Manhattan, and they lost to Kansas State. But last night, Nevaeh Todd, 10 assists, zero turnovers. You know, she's she's our only returning starter from a year ago. She's really, you know, Skyler has some end-of-game experience, but she's really the one that has to lead us through that, you know, and – I thought she was phenomenal, especially in the first half. She set the pace. You know, they tried to press, and I think they even had to pull some of it back because of Nevaeh. I thought Nevaeh did a nice job of being able to make some of those reads. Now, some of that is we did make some shots, right? I mean, you got to have, you got to make shots to be able to have those assists. I was really proud of her, though. She hasn't been on the free throw line in the end of a game like that, and I know she would have liked to have made more, but the one she had to make, she made. And so then the next time you do it, you've been there. It's hard to practice that when it's just you and yourself in the gym or in a practice situation. So I thought Nevaeh was phenomenal tonight. And then I'm going to watch film and I'm going to poke a whole lot of holes in her game. Um, but I thought she did a great job of keeping us steady. And I thought she did a great job of really setting the pace for us. Josh, I think it's time to get a little bit excited about what Jenny Bronchek's doing over there, man. Got uh, Yeah, got this team playing good basketball the last month or so. And uh, that's a big-time win in terms of the conference race for Oklahoma. OU women's basketball, since losing to Southern, has been just in another stratosphere. If you missed the note that we posted on Twitter at KREF Sports, you go back. To the end of 2023, they lost by nine at home to Southern. They were six at five. They've now won six of their last seven games. They're fun. Ginny's awesome. In fact, we might see about getting her on the show tomorrow. We might. I might just guest up. I might just, hey, you people don't want to participate on the text line sometimes? You don't want to call in? I'll just do guest every segment. Every segment, Josh. 
Um, OU takes on Kansas this Saturday at 6 o'clock inside the LNC. Got to follow up a great road win with a good home win. Kansas is pretty good. Um, They beat Texas earlier this year. I'm sorry, they beat Baylor earlier this year. They lost by like 100 to Texas. Yeah, that's a really nice win over Baylor, though. That is. Big story number one. Number one. Number one. Number one. Oh, is that right? Uh, Looks like some breaking news from the NFL here real quick. Big story number one is NFL-related because Jim Harbaugh has been hired as the head football coach of the Los Angeles Chargers. Meanwhile, it looks like Tampa's offensive coordinator is going to be the next head coach at Carolina. Oh, um, here we go. Here's the breaking news courtesy of the NFL Network. So Baker Mayfield goes to Carolina, doesn't look great, leaves there, winds up in Tampa Bay. Dave Canales gets him going, and now Dave Canales is headed to Carolina. Look, uh, Dave Canales, he had a lot of the, the, the Pete Carroll-type intensity and positivity, the way that he worked things yeah. in Tampa Bay. He came from Seattle. Uh, that, that mentality that he had, and he, uh, he was consistent. It's not fake. It's that kind of an energy, and that's why we talked about Dave Canales as a potential head coach down the line after an impressive year as the coordinator for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I cannot stand the fact that somebody has a siren going off in their background of that audio. The ambulance is rolling by. Boy, that's weird because I kind of thought that that was going to be where like a Vrabel ended up. But I think Dave Canales will be good. He did great things with Baker. Uh, We've talked a lot today about the Jim Harbaugh hiring in Los Angeles as the new Chargers coach, just in general on the fit, seems kind of uh, unique, right? You've got you've got a stud in Justin Herbert, a quarterback, and what some feel like is a pretty solid roster. At least it better be after Tom Telesco got hired by the Raiders. But I, I unique move, unique setting for him, isn't it? It is. Uh, it makes sense, though. We said that this was going to be arguably the most coveted because of Justin Herbert and Harbaugh, Belichick, those would have been the two big names on the board that are established NFL coaches. And now we see that uh, Harbaugh goes to the location with the established quarterback. The odds, according to sportsbetting.ag, are pretty one-sided. Sharon Moore is a one-to-seven favorite. Now, Bruce Feldman threw some other names out. Remember, you're dealing with a situation in Michigan where they have to have the job posted for seven to ten days, but that doesn't mean they haven't already made their mind up. And I think that's what's going on here. I think they uh, – who was the report that I had earlier here? Of my 800 tabs that I currently have open. Uh, Chris Ballas of the Wolverine said that Sharon Moore is expected to be the next head football coach. So I don't know if that's going to mean too terribly much to their overall portal issues, hiring from within, right? Probably not. No, I, it, it should help with the continuity. And I wonder not just how effective Moore was in that interim capacity this year, but watching what happened at Alabama, watching what happened at Washington, at Arizona, did that factor in a little bit? I bet it did. I bet it did. And and if this would have happened earlier, Josh, if this would have happened earlier, might it have been a situation to where they do maybe go a little bit more more Mr. Worldwide on their search? Who knows? There's your top five stories of the day presented by Newcastle Casino. When we come back, got a few scraps to get to, a few things that didn't quite make the cut 
and then we'll hit your texts right here on the Home of Sooner Fans. All right, got a couple of scraps here from the top five stories of the day, Josh. Um, text coming up next. We'll be pretty quick here. We did have two press conferences in the NFL yesterday. One introducing the new head coach of the Las Vegas Raiders, Antonio Pierce. Raider Nation, that bad boy good. That bad boy ready to rock. It rocked the last game. We set the tone in 2024 what it'll look like going forward. And we're going to work this offseason, in the summer, and in the fall until we get to that first home game to see Raider Nation again, loud, rowdy, making it tough for the opponent, that black hole rocking and rolling, the wind club doing his deal, Mark Davis in there clapping his hands away along with Sandra, high-fiving, <laughs> and putting a product on the field that the Raider Nation is really proud of. If it doesn't work, I'm just happy to be excited. (laughs) It might not work. I'm just happy to be excited. Meanwhile, surprising hire. NBA coaches, here's a take I have, Josh. You tell me if you agree. Nobody gets more second chances than NBA coaches. Like Doc Rivers, for goodness sakes. Outside of, like, the Kevin Garnett era, I don't think he's led a team out of the second round. But yet he keeps getting good jobs. He's inheriting right now the Milwaukee Bucks, who are second in the East. Did we just do that segment yesterday? Um, you look at tons of guys getting second, third, fourth opportunities. General managers in the NFL usually get one. And if you screw it up, you're usually gone. Tom Telesco screwed up the Chargers and somehow got the Raiders' job. Here's what he had to say about being the GM of the Raiders. It would be a chance to be part of an organization with the Al Davis legacy. Um, it's just, it's just like, it's so exciting to have. And then on top of that, I mean, you look at the resources that are here and the head coach that's here, I think we can win. That, that's why I want to be here. There's, there's two things I was really looking for. One was fit. I want to work with people that I like. And two, I want to win. And those two both go together, that we can win and work together and really enjoy this journey. Because it's a tough journey. I mean, it's a hard job. We all know the pressures that come with the job. Um, but we can work side by side with a smile on our face and get things done. So there was, you know, two things, find the right fit and a okay, chance to win. I can't that's stand what him already. Here. Oh, my gosh, Josh. We're so doomed. Meanwhile, uh, Nick Sirianni had kind of a, a, a an awkward moment yesterday in his, in his announcement of a new – They've got a new defensive coordinator, apparently, in Philadelphia. Vic Fangio's out in Miami. But they didn't ask about Jalen. Suddenly the viability of Jalen Hurts is in question. For 11 weeks this year, he was on top of the MVP talk, right? We all had a bad stretch through the last part portion of it. In fact, there were games like even even though we were in a bad stretch as a team, I thought Jalen was playing really good football. So, like, but I get it, like, me as the head coach, Jalen as the quarterback, we're going to draw the the most scrutiny and the most you know attention and eyes, and we understand that and the seats that we sit in. But I know, I know that the things that Jalen needs to work on, and the things that we'll sit down together and talk about, I have no doubt in my mind that he's going to bust his ass to do that because oh. that's who he is. How dare you? You surprised? Oh, I mean, I'm not surprised by anything in Philadelphia, Josh. Listen, Jalen deserves some heat. I don't think he was healthy, though. I don't think he was 100% healthy. Probably not. And uh, obviously he was a significant part of the problems for them coming down the home stretch. Now, 
as Coach Sirianni said there, were there games where he was pretty good and they found a way to lose because of the defense? Yeah. Were there other moments where he, he wasn't altogether great? Yes. So it just – it was a complete – collective collapse for Philadelphia and now uh they're sticking with right now you bring Fangio in but everything else is more or less status quo for better or for worse Sirianni is tied to did they get it right sticking with Jalen Hurts here Mm. Mm. which hey the guy nearly won you a Super Bowl so probably not that crazy dang they're really questioning him already. I, I was just doing a little Jalen Hurts Twitter search. Holy smokes! It's uh, yeah, it's not going great <laughs> in Philadelphia. All right, uh, big. Uh, wait, hold on a second. Big recovery on the text line. So when we come back, let's hit the best of the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line right here on the Home of Sooner Fans Plank Show. We are back. Final hour for us right here. On the home of Sooner fans, again, we call this the Plank Show. He's Chris Plank. I'm Josh Hummer. Hour number three presented by Moppin Roofing and Construction. They got you covered, Oklahoma. Give Bob Moppin and his team a call, 405-703-3843. To the text line we go. That is the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line, 405-651-3439. I got to tell you, Steely just came in, and he's like, where are you? <laughs> <laughs> you're looking because around for you. He, like, walked in, looked around. Yeah. All right. Sorry, Josh. Go ahead. Why Why are you there? Are they doing something in the conference room or they what, were? When I, went, when I went in the conference room, well, when I walked in, Gary's like, hey, you're going to be in the office today because they've got – I think they've got some training going on in there. So. Gotcha. At, I, I don't know if I've told you guys enough. We're at Caven's Group. Caven's uh, Emergency Disaster Response Group. Caven'sGroup.com. Okay. Uh, and we're in a different area. We're we're so uh, I think I can speak for Steel Man when I say we're creatures of habit. So when we show up to remote that we do every week, and you're not in the same place, it's a little bit of a mind bleep. So I'm glad we got it all taken care of. And I think the show's been. I feel good about today's show, Josh. Been a great show. It. Yeah, it's been fun. All right. Anyway, to the text line we go. We've got uh, all sorts of comments on the text line. Oh, you architect. Plank and Josh, just curious if some of these coaches coming into Norman, if they have a relationship with BV, if they swing by the stadium and say hello. Well, talking I, about I uh, the Penn State and uh, right, we, we had brought up how Penn State's entire staff came to see Nate Roberts out of Washington, and we should, of course, point out that you know before you start getting all angry and stuff, and it's like, where's OU? But dig the moat around the state. Do not let these people come in. Brent Venables was there the first day with Joe John to see Nate whenever they could. So it, it prioritized, right? When your head coach is there, it's prioritized. I don't – well, Brent's not there, and I don't think so. Now, if Dabo Sweeney were to come in town recruiting somebody and, and Brent was here, then I'm sure that they would find a way to cross paths. But I don't – I don't – and I'm willing to bet. I don't even – has Penn State ever even been to Norman? I don't know if they've ever played here. This is that moment where someone's like, yeah, bro, we played them like four years ago. What are you talking about? No. <laughs> but now, now would it surprise me if they're like, hey, let's drive by and see what their facilities look like. Let's go see what's going on. That wouldn't surprise me at all. But I, I don't think anyone's um, I don't think anyone's calling Brent and being like, hey, let's catch up for lunch because Venables is going nonstop. And I also don't think as much as I just theorize that, hey, maybe they swing by and they, they check the facilities out. Uh, I'm I'm pretty sure that 
James Franklin and that staff flew in, and then they were getting on a plane to go somewhere else pretty quickly thereafter. Everyone, everyone is all over the globe right now as far as recruiting is concerned. Oklahoma? Good question. Oklahoma and Penn State have never played anywhere outside of the Sugar or the Orange Bowl. Ah, agree. Remember, the uh, Orange Bowl was uh, national championship securing. That is correct. That is correct. All right, where do you want to go next? Jim Harbaugh is out. He has, uh, from Michigan, he's accepted the Los Angeles Chargers uh, head coaching position. So a lot of conversation on, okay, well, what's going to happen at Michigan? Sounds like the reports are trickling out that Sharon Moore, it's a matter of time. He right. will be the next head coach at Michigan. But uh, Michigan has to has to have that job posted, according to state law, for, what, a week's time? So Seven to ten days, yep. A couple of responses on the text line in regards to Jim Harbaugh. The uh, 801, Harbaugh was suspended twice this season for cheating. Sharon Moore took over, won the big games, won't be many portal guys. Uh, also says thank you for the uh, spotter board uh, in quotation marks after the women's game at Provo. I feel so terrible about that. Bro, it, it, I want to send you something more, okay? If you, I got to send Josh, I use – like regular printer paper. That's what I use. I'm not fancy. Like I get to do like three games a year. Now I think you would assume there's a lot of information on there. There's a lot of notes and things of that nature, but I just, I feel terrible about that man. Terrible. We could probably orchestrate where you could send something. I should, if it makes you feel better. All right, give me, give me a couple more here. Vinny Paul, this is an instance for Michigan's sake where you're okay with the hire getting leaked. If they have to post the job but can't announce it, they should be telling every reporter off the record their intentions. Yeah, for Michigan's sake, right? He, you're 100% right, Vinny. Now, again, in fairness, Michigan doesn't have a ton coming back. Like Michigan's roster is built in 2024 with like developmental guys. I mean, you go look historically at Michigan in the portal. It's not a lot of dudes. Uh, and in fact, right now they only have two guys that they've signed out of the portal. But you like I, I just pulled up their depth chart, and you think about uh, all of their wide receivers are gone. The guys stepping in are. Frederick Morris, a freshman. Tyler Morris, a sophomore. Um, who's the other wide? They got another wide receiver they brought in. Uh, that, but but they're all young guys. Freshmen, sophomores, are not transfer guys. The only, I mean, this is a roster to where you would be going to get someone, Josh, that probably hasn't been too involved in making plays for him, but maybe somebody that you had lost last minute in recruiting that had gone for Harbaugh and isn't coming back. Because he's not there. From the realms of this is a take, <laughs> buckle oh up, okay? Oh, boy, okay. Out of the 918. And I think there's uh, there's some some here that's pretty good, but it's, okay. it's a great discussion topic. From the 918, plain and simple, Saban's gone, Harbaugh's gone, Muleshoe is a fraud, Clemson isn't what they were even five years ago, DeBoer is gone from Washington, if OU doesn't step up and win a natty in the next three years, wait for it, we'll be the next Nebraska. Boy, that is a take. You had us in the, you had us in the first half, not going to lie. I mean, people do realize Nebraska's fall is a product of poor hiring. That's it. Well, they hired I, 
bad football coaches. I always say this, too, about Nebraska. The Oklahoma is going to be the next Nebraska. Okay, it would take what OU was in its first season of Venables, but again and again and again. Nebraska was – it was a shock that Nebraska was good again before they left the <laughs> yeah, Big 12. When they went into the Big 12 championship game with Indomitian and Sue and everybody up front, uh, that's not who Nebraska had been throughout no. the 2000s. They had totally fallen off the map. I agree. I agree. But I, I don't – I feel like that's just this narrative that gets out there that's like, you're going to become Nebraska. But yet, like, like nobody is relegating Alabama somewhere else when Saban's gone. It's like, Alabama is just a step away from the Mike Shula era. Now, I get it. We're going into the SEC new conference. But, I mean, I, I mean I, I've done the work for you. You don't have to. Nebraska didn't become irrelevant when they went to the Big Ten. They had Bo Pelini. They were right there on the cusp. They had 10 win seasons. They were pretty consistently good they just made bad hires bad athletic director hires bad head coaching hires i feel pretty good about the guy we have at ad and i feel really good about the guy we have at head coach now if you want to say if you don't want a title in the next three years i'll be disappointed but if you're making the 12 team playoff in each of those three years winning a game or two or moving on i'm not going to say that just because you don't want a title boom you're relegated to irrelevancy but again, we got a long way to go. I like, as you said, it's a take. I like, I like it. It's a fun sports radio conversation. I hate that I got to it at eleven forty nine a.m., but we appreciate you taking part in the show. Let's right, get a break. When we come back, we'll get our Primrose Funeral Services final thoughts right here on the Home of Sooner Fans. All right, Josh. Final segment before the Steel Man takes over. Right here on the Home of Sooner Fans, we are the ref. With Josh Helmer, I'm Chris Plank. I mentioned I had a story for you for our final segment. Yes, you did. One hour ago. It was a one-hour tease. Whitney Ludwell. Whitney Ludwell has resigned as the Elgin girls basketball coach. Now, TJ and Toby talked about this a little bit yesterday. Partway through her first season as Elgin's head coach, Ludwell stepped down, submitting her registration in a public Facebook post, because where do all great coaches and athletes go to explain why they're leaving a job, right? Facebook. Yes. She explained that she had to walk away because, quote, an unruly parent has crossed the line in multiple ways, yelling and cussing at me for everyone to hear game after game, and she has finally won. I'm so sad for what high school sports have become. Um. We saw the Okarchi head coach, Haley Mitchell, resigned after receiving threats of a potential lawsuit that accused her of being too tough on players. Now, Whitney Ludwell has resigned because of unruly parents. Parenting hack. Sounds like unruly parent. Parenting hack, Josh Elmer. Don't embarrass your kids. Don't embarrass your kids. You're not, you're not helping them, Rome. You're hurting them. And you yelling and screaming at a basket. What are we, what are we even doing? 
What are we even doing, man? I don't get it. And here's the thing. It's not like, it's not, no offense to this kid, okay, whom I, I don't know, I'm not familiar with, and I'm sure you're a great basketball player, but I don't think you're going to the WNBA. It's just a hunch, right? Just a hunch, Josh. So your mom yelling and screaming like that, oh, my gosh, man. It led to a coach leave. And I bet that parent is like, good, good, soft. Get him out of here. Don't need them leaving my kids. What are we even doing right now, man? It's terrible. I, I was at a game the other night, too. I won't say which one. But uh, there was a fan screaming out to uh, one of their kids, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Nothing you can do when the officials are, are up against you like that. And it's, it's like, really? I mean, that's a terrible lesson. And does not do your kid any favors to put it in their mind, oh, I'm playing the refs too. It's – my kids are not very good at sports. So I don't – I'm just going to be honest with you. They, they unfortunately got their dad's genes. So I feel terrible. I feel bad. But I think even if they were elite athletes, I don't think that I'd be yelling and screaming and cursing out a coach. Now, there might be away from games like, hey, what does she need to do? What does he need to do? But you've verbally abused a coach enough where they have to quit a job? They're also not making a lot of money either, and that's the part that sucks. It's a labor of love for sure. Hey, y'all have a great rest of your Thursday. What a tone setter. Steel Man and Thune at Noon coming up next. A lot of football, a lot of hardball, a lot of hoops right here on the Home of Sooner Fans. See ya.